You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no-nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Kevin Wags. I give you A. And with that, we are back. The ACL pod featuring the one, the only Mr. Cap'n Wags at the real Mr. ACL at Cap'n Wags, Twitter and Instagram, SEC season win total preview podcast today. Everybody we've done the ACC. We've done the big 10, giving you some free plays on both SEC today. And a free play at the end, Wags. Because what's what's the saying, Wags? It it just means more. Something like that with the SEC, right? The SEC, everybody gets excited. <laughs> everybody loves the SEC. SEC this, SEC that, football. Let's go. Alabama. Is there anybody else in the SEC? We don't. You have the defending champs. I might be down a little bit this year. Maybe. The record might not indicate it, but just on paper, they might be down a little bit. We'll get to Georgia a little bit later on. The, re- the website, therealmysteryacl.com, acl-sports.com. And if you have five to ten seconds, definitely appreciate you guys giving us that five-star review on the pod. It helps us grow and gives these gives us the ability to keep doing this for you guys. So we certainly do appreciate that. Wags, let's jump right in. Alabama, season win total, 11, minus 140 over, plus 120 under. I will say this. There are some 10.5s out there juiced up to minus 300. There are some 11.5s out there where you can get it plus money, 11.5 over plus 120 around there. Con- the conventional number, though, that you're seeing in most shops right now, 11 around minus 140 plus 120. To win this division, minus 600. To win the SEC Conference, minus 145. I have some thoughts on that number. National title, they are the favorite, plus 175. To make the playoff, minus 250, which is an interesting number compared to winning the conference at minus 145. Always something to compare and contrast there. Alabama, Nick Saban's 16th year wags. What do you think? Yeah, well, what do I think? They are 64 and 6. Yes, 64 and 6 in the last five years. It's pretty good, no? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think there's no better team um, than Alabama. They will be another team. You know, we mentioned Ohio State. We'll talk about Georgia later. They are another team that will be double-digit favorites in every single game. They have to go to Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, and Old Miss. Um, basically, but they're still double-digit favorites in all those games. Correct. Still double-digit favorites. <laughs> Not that great because that is a, a very difficult schedule. Um, but they're Alabama, and they should roll. No pun intended. Um Alabama only returns 12 starters, but again, Alabama is a reload team. They're not a rebuild team. They have the top recruits pretty much year in and year out. Um, And really not too terrible when you get the reigning Heisman Trophy winner back in Bryce Young. Um, And they just replace these four and five star starters that go to the league with these four and five star recruits that are right behind them as juniors and seniors and you know some true freshmen we'll talk um a little bit about that maybe um and on top of all that they also get two transfers two pretty good transfers and who also showed out in the offseason georgia tech running back jameer gibbs will be the starting running back this year um and ex um georgia wide receiver yep jermaine burton um both Again, did very well in the spring. They do lose Evan Neal up front, which is a big loss on the offensive line. Always is when you get a first-round draft pick leaving. But again, it's Alabama. They'll still have one of the best offensive lines in the nation. Um, On the defensive front, all you'll hear this offseason is Will Anderson this, Will Anderson that. He is that good. He's been absolutely steamed to win the Heisman Trophy as a linebacker. I mean, think about that. Think about how good you have to be to be steamed as a linebacker to win the Heisman Trophy. And I and I will add this to, to that point. 
So he's down to 15 to one in some shops. He was as high as like 40, 50 to one to open, which, okay, if you want to grab a 50 to one ticket on him to win it, it's cool. Just for, just to give you some comparison here. If you go to bet online, they have a, a bet, a prop bet. So he's 25 to one at bet online. The Heisman trophy winner position will be position of the player. Quarterback is minus 2000. Any other player is seven to one. So, you can get Will Anderson if people are taking him at fifteen to one. When you can get any other player in the world that's in a non-quarterback at seven to one, just showing you how hard it is for a non-QB to win it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, it's typically taken that. But look, you look at the stats that he did. If he could replicate similar stats, I mean, anywhere close. I mean, he hit seventeen and a half sacks last year, thirty-four and a half tackles for loss um, on a, a Alabama defense that only gave up twenty points a game. They returned seven starters. Um, again, you, you're seven, not 11. You know, seven's pretty good for an Alabama team. They always reload. This is Bama. It's Saban. Coming off a year after losing, he will have this team ready. Will Anderson will be the man on defense. Um, and again, double-digit favorites in every game. Alabama is back to where they have been for the last five years. I mean, I, I again, I, they're they're – they're incredible. I mean, they're they're yep. just an incredible force, and it's tough to uh, compete. I mean, against the Alabama team in in that conference in that division. Um, and oh yeah, their strength of schedule. At least I have on my side somewhere between thirty five and forty. Um, I'm not sure ACL. You know, I know we use kind of different methodologies to get our strength of schedule. Um, yeah, I have him at 29. Okay, so you have him at top 30. I have him a little bit lower. Which is still low considering they're in the SEC and yes. they have to play, right? Well, you, so well, you that, look, I mean, we'll, we won't really get into Arkansas and Auburn, but those, both of those teams have top five schedules in the nation. Exactly. I mean, because they really, have to play. And, and they're both very good teams. <laughs> and we'll talk, I'll talk a little bit about them at the end. Arkansas and Auburn, very good teams that just are kind of, you know, face, face the unfortunate circumstance of having such a difficult schedule. Yeah. Look, this Alabama team, just from my power rankings preseason, one of the highest power rated teams I've ever had. Okay. And that doesn't even include the revenge factor that we've all been hearing that's been coming out of their camp from losing to Georgia in the national title game last year. Three of their first four games are against Utah State, ULM, and Vanderbilt. So certainly going to have that month to really get their guys back on the same page there. They've won 52 straight non-conference regular season games. Wags mentioned they're at Texas week two. They're currently minus 15 in that game. I will say this. They did have three close wins last year of under a touchdown. So yes, they only lost the one game to A&M as 18 point favorites, but it certainly could have been more just based on some coin flippy type of game. So other than the national title. Exactly. That doesn't count. Uh, not going to say a down year last year, certainly because they made the national title game. But look, I think if you would ask anyone in Alabama, Nick Saban included, it's national title or it's not a good year for them. Absolutely. That's sort of just how how it works over, over at Alabama. But w- this revenge factor that they're talking about with Georgia, that's very real. And that's a thing. And when you bring back the Heisman Trophy winner and a guy who on defense is now the fourth or fifth <laughs> favorite to win the Heisman Trophy, that's absolutely massive. Along with the revenge factor, they retain both OC and DC, of course. They do have some new wide receivers that Bryce Young will have to get accustomed to, but basically just absolutely reloaded. They bring back five on offense, seven on defense. But again, if you are losing five starters at, I don't know, a, a middling SEC team, Kentucky, South Carolina, Missouri, that's one thing. If you're losing five offensive starters at Alabama, it's not as big of a deal because you're basically just reloading. Yeah. Um, as far as the schedule is concerned, you know, we did touch upon it a little bit. That second game at Texas, of course, you know, that's going to be a big one. Um, again, they're going to be 15 point favorites. The one that I have circled here is October 15th, a week after they play A&M, who beat them last year. So they're going to be up for that game. Is there going to be a letdown spot when they have to go to the, on the road um, to Knoxville and play Tennessee, who's, yep. again, returning 15 starters? And I expect Tennessee to be um, you know, a, a better squad this year and, and, and have been improving, um, since, you know, they went through a little bit of a rebuild, um, for, for several years. So that'll be a game that I'm going to be watching for sure. And, and see, you know, the game before, look, they got to go to Arkansas, then they have A&M that's two big games in a row. And then they have to come to at Tennessee. That's, you know, that, that'll be interesting. 
I will say this last point on them. To win the SEC, they're minus 145, as we said. To make the playoff, they're minus 250. So effectively, what's that, what that is saying is, is that they make the SEC title game and probably lose to Georgia, right? So Georgia would get the auto bid. Would they still put a one loss at that point, Alabama team in the playoff? Um, is it worth the you know dollar and five cents that you have to pay to go from 145 to minus 250? Maybe. Um, because I do think that there's a pretty decent chance that they go undefeated based on the schedule here, 12 and 0. Probably going to meet Georgia in the SEC title game. Could lose that game. Um, I, I think at this point that they would certainly be rated that they would be favored in that game versus Georgia around minus three or four or something like that. But that's just something to factor in based upon where you think things could land. SEC title game, could two teams from the SEC make it? Is it worth that dollar and five cents going from minus 145 to minus 250? Yeah. So always want to factor that in. All right, moving along to Texas A&M, one of our favorite coaches, Wags. Mr. Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher, and it's already his fifth year there, which yeah. is pretty wild. Um, season win total, eight and a half, minus 150 on the over. There are some nines out there as well, but eight and a half is the most common number, plus 130 if you want to go under. To win the division, seven to one. To win the SEC, 18 to one. National title, 25 to one. To make the playoff, seven to one. It's pretty wild. You have a national title ticket at 25 to one. Then you have a to win the SEC ticket, 18 to 1. It just yes. shows the power of this conference. Yes. And it just shows that, look, if they can pull some upsets, October 8th at Alabama, I'm circling that, uh, they're not winning the SEC and they're not making the playoff unless they win that game. They're just not. So <laughs> if you think that they can uh, pull the upset there, go for it. Sprinkle some national title tickets. Sprinkle some SEC tickets. Sprinkle some division tickets. That's some very nice numbers. But just know that those numbers are there for a reason because they have to play Alabama on October 8th. Yeah. I mean, look, the power of the conference, there's no doubt. And I'll give you a little bit of information here. First off schedule, not so kind. They have a top 10 most difficult schedule in all of football. They're even with that, they're going to be favored in all games against teams, not named Alabama. So of the 12 games in 11 of them, they will be favorites. However, that said, they're going, there's a handful of games that are like these 50 50 games. Um, first off, at his conference, they have to play Appalachian State and Miami. They get them both at home. Yeah. So those are um, tough games. Yeah. Very tough games. They play Appalachian State first on September 10th, then right into Miami, followed by a neutral site game versus Arkansas, which is going to be probably around, I don't know, uh, it'll be in the single digits for sure. Um, they play at Mississippi state again, probably another single digit spread. Then Alabama, they're going to probably be about what? 17 point dogs somewhere I've seen around between there. 14 and 17. Yep. Okay. Um, you know, Ole Miss Auburn on the road, LSU at the last game of the season. I mean, those are all games where you never know. Right. So like the, the sure. again, like there'll be favored the favored, um, but you never know what's going to happen in some of these games. Um, let's see. Uh, they only return five starters on offense and five on defense too. I mean, this is, uh, yes, they've had great recruiting. Jimbo has really done uh, a great job. I mean, between Jimbo and, and Saban going back and forth in the off season, they've really kind of created a, a um, you know, a, a subtle name from themselves in the, in the recruiting by just kind of having that, media blast on them and, and focus on them. So I think recruits are almost drawn to that. Um, but to me, the big question mark is at quarterback. They have, sure. you know, Zach Calzada has, he, he went to Auburn. Um, oh, only five starters on offense. Um, I think the skills, skill position and the offensive line is going to be pretty good, but like, where are they going to go at quarterback? They have Max Johnson who, uh, transferred from LSU and, and um, right. That's where he came from. Uh, yeah. And um, I think it's Brad's son. Okay. Which again, and, and they also have Haynes King who, who, you know, could potentially be um, a huge playmaker. He's got really, he's really fast. So he can make, um, he can make the throws and he could use his legs. Um, so, you know, maybe they are potentially in better shape than, you know, Calzada, but we haven't really seen much. So um, that's where my concern is, but their big asset here 
and probably not as talked about as their defense. They only gave up 16 points a game last year. So good. Third in the nation. So they're going to be stout up front again, and they'll have a great secondary. Um, you know, but the, the one thing that kind of scares me, and and we kind of laughed about it, like when we talked about Duke in the ACC. Elko was their defensive coordinator. He goes to become the head coach at Duke. That's a huge loss. He was a great defensive coordinator and a big reason why they were so good. So um, yes, they they do bring in a very good. Um, DJ Jerkin defensive coordinator as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't expect there to be that much of a drop, but that's going to be something I'm going to be watching. Um, and again, uh, their win titles just eight and a half for a team with a ton of hype. So um, we'll see kind of, you know, is that based on their quarterback and, and the, the departure of the defensive coordinator? Maybe um, we just have to see how that plays out. Their win totals eight and a half. I have them ranked in my top 10. I have them top 10 team in, in the country this year, there you go. just on, just on paper. Yep. So, uh, Max Johnson Wags is not only the son of Brad Johnson, he's the nephew of former Miami Hurricanes head coach Mark Richt. Interesting. Fun fact of the day. Very fun fact. Uh, so he's got look, that IQ. Sure. There we go. Look, Jimbo Fisher, hey, the number one recruiting class in the country. And so far he's done, he's done good here, but he went just eight and four last year. Sort of a huge disappointment based on the high expectations that he had coming in, the amount of money that he's, that he's making. And, and as you mentioned, they're plus 16, plus 17 points at Alabama. Uh, I will also say this, they play four straight non-home games starting September 24th. Yep. All right. They play Arkansas on a neutral. So meaning not at home at Mississippi State, at Alabama, at South Carolina. So from September 17th, when they played the Hurricanes, they're not back home again until October 29th, which is huge. Just from like a body clock, you know, rest, travel, blah, blah, blah. These things matter. Oh, now, by look, the they're going to be favored in those you games, said you except Alabama. You mentioned, South, you mentioned South Carolina. You know who's quarterback in that squad this year. My guy. That's right. Spencer Rattler. So I'm a fan. Hey, you might know, even hey, have some, some Heisman tickets, Wags. Hey, 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 look, you know what? <laughs> They're not going to win enough games, but he's going to put up numbers. Yeah. But yeah, look, that's why it's eight and a half between just sort of the guys that they've lost, where Jimbo has been the last couple of years. The schedule does not break at all well for them at all. I have them as the number 11th most difficult schedule in the entire country this year. Um but look, and I have them nine. So yeah, so we'll call it ten. That said, Jimbo Fisher, just from an ATS betting perspective, thirty and eighteen ATS in his four years with Texas A and M. So compared to the market versus what he's actually done, he's actually outperformed the market. So you could make the argument eight and a half is a low number. There's a reason it's minus one fifty juiced. So could this, this team go nine and three? Absolutely. Last five years. Mm-hmm. In non-conference games, they're 15-3-2 against the spread. Incredible. So Incredible. Watch out, Miami. Watch out, App State. Yeah. Watch, out, at U- home. watch out, UMass. <laughs> November 19th, A&M home against UMass. Yep. How about this? Right before a huge game against LSU. And why do I say huge game? Because you're going to take the points. Another nugget of information. Last 10 games against LSU. They are 0-10 against the spread against LSU. Love that nugget. Love that nugget. 0-10. So you're you're taking UMass plus the 197 points, (laughs) and then you're you're taking LSU. Hey, hey, watch out for UMass this year. Watch out. They're going to be better. We're going to have a whole pod just on UMass football (laughs) coming up. UMass and UConn. Yeah. A lot to like about this team on paper. They have the talent. They have the recruiting. It's just – Unfortunately, if they were in the Pac-12, for example, or the ACC, they're the favorites. They're probably the favorites to make the playoff. It's just they have to play this gauntlet of a schedule every year. Alabama at Auburn. Florida's no joke. LSU's no joke. Old Miss. I mean, man, it's just such a tough schedule every single year. But that's why Jimbo gets paid the big, the big bucks. All right. Making our way through the SEC West here. Old Miss, Wags. Old Miss. There we go. Old Miss. The lane train, the lane train. Season win total, eight, minus 110 both sides. To win the division, 20 to one. To win the SEC, 50 to one. National title, if you think the lane train takes it home this year, 100 to one. The self-proclaimed portal king, 
Lane Kiffin gets it done again, brings all those guys in. I don't even want to know the reasons or what he's been doing to get these guys. You can only imagine. <laughs> and uh, look, he's going to need it. They have just five returning starters on offense. Uh, he lost, obviously, all-world quarterback Matt Corral. He lost his OC. Just kind of a brand-new vibe everywhere on this team. So for me, that when I see those things, I obviously take a look at other things, the schedule, all that wags. There's a lot not to like about this old Miss team heading into this year compared to where the market currently has him. Yeah, baby. The lane train, you got to love him. Um, he is a character for sure. Uh, his coaching, yeah. I mean, last year they do go ten. <laughs> they do go ten and three. Last year, I mean, a few years before that. Now, granted, he's in his third year, so the year before that they were five and five. Um, maybe you could claim that it took him a year to get under his belt and get started. Whatever that was it the COVID is. year too. Yeah, I mean, so that's a, fair. A good point for sure. Uh, only like you said, only return five starters on offense. Lose Matt Corral. Uh, normally, be an issue, maybe, but. The good news is that their schedule opens against Troy, Central Arkansas, at Georgia Tech, Mm -hmm. Tulsa, Kentucky, and then Vanderbilt. So arguably, arguably, they can start off 6-0. Do I believe they will? No. The next five games, however, are quite the gauntlet. Okay? Auburn, at LSU, at A&M, Alabama, and then at Arkansas. I mean, I don't see them really winning any of those games. Um, and to look, to replace Corral, they did secure transfer Jackson Dart from USC. Very mm. unproven. He was the one backing up Keaton Slovis, who I still have you know questions about in and of himself. So if he's the backup there, you know, what's he going to really bring to the table, especially when he has to gel with all of these different transfers? I think they have... Um, they bring in a couple of new running backs. They have Zach Evans, Ulysses uh, Bentley, uh, Louisville's Jordan Watkins, right? So they have all this like mishmash of guys. And it's like, how quickly can Kiffin get these guys to gel? And I, and what I look at is two years ago when they went five and five, like it took them a little while to get, you know, things started and, and to get everybody on the same page. So I don't see their defense being as good as they were last year. Uh, they only did give up 24 points a game. They lose Durkin, who is their defensive coordinator. We just talked about uh, to A and M. Um, they do have seven starters back, but again, I, I think they do drop. Um, I want to see how much of a drop they 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 have there, and and if that offense can't look. Corral was great at extending plays, extending the game, uh, keeping the defense off the field, and because of that. I think that's a big reason why their defense from a scoring perspective only gave up those 24 points a game. I think their offense is going to stall. Yep. Um, so Jackson Dart, baby. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the big question. That's Can huge. Jackson I mean, Mar- Dart mesh with the offense and how far does this defensive call uh, fall with the new defensive coordinators? They did have 10 wins last year. If the new, the new totals at eight, I mean, it's very telling um, I gave you all the reasons why that dropped from 10 to 8. Mm-hmm. And again, we might talk a little bit more about Ole Miss later. But ACL, I would actually argue that this total wags, if not for the schedule early on, where they could they could go 6-0, and out, right? I, I think this to- this total, just from like a numbers, uh, you know, analytics, just on paper, schedule aside, would, would be like 7, 7.5. Yep. And then we'd be saying, well, you know, a 10-win team with a 7.5 total, they're trying to, to tell you something. But... And it's a fair point. The schedule is a very easy early, but the schedule is very, very, very difficult late. Right. Yes. So it's interesting that they scheduled Kentucky for homecoming. So a lot of times we see teams try to schedule some cupcake team mm-hmm. for homecoming. So everybody gets up for it and they, you know, everybody goes out and celebrates later, but they, they pick Kentucky. So that's going to be interesting, um, and if they can get through Kentucky, maybe they do start six and zero. But I'll tell you what; it's very likely that they drop the next six. Yeah, they could. Wouldn't shock me whatsoever. And again, that six and zero that you mentioned could happen. But we're also then assuming Jackson Dart plays well. Doesn't have a stinker, yeah. right? Doesn't have an off game at yeah, a Vanderbilt absolutely. versus Kentucky, Tulsa. Okay, that kind of thing. So yeah, everything Kentucky's would have got to kind a good of mesh defense, there. you know? Absolutely. They're, yeah. So. 
We'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, their I season think... win total is right around the same. So Kentucky's no joke. I will say from a turnover perspective, they were plus nine last year in turnover differential. Unsustainable number. Not going to happen again. Uh, a lot of that had to do with just Matt Corral being so good. He only had five picks the entire year. Yep. So whenever you see that number, assume it's going to drop back down closer to the, to you know national average around zero, that kind of thing. So assuming that happens, what would happen last year if this team had nine less turnovers? Just yeah. factor that into your numbers. And I'll tell you something so. that's going to be interesting to see is that first game of the season against Troy. Now, mm. Troy last year, meh, not really that great. They were five and seven. But guess what? They return 18 guys, nine on offense, go. nine on defense. So to now you know that going in, so you're, you're, you know, you, you mesh well, you've played with these guys for a full season last year. You come into that first game, you got that experience together. You've played before, you know what the guy's thinking next to you versus a, you know, a team that's got a, a mishmash of guys that are coming in from the transfer portal. Yeah. They have a spring, but is that enough to, you know, maybe, I'll be looking at Troy plus those points and, and, you know, currently what? plus 23 and a half. Yep. Yep. I would wait to get 24 if you want to take. Yeah. Or, Just or, or take that first half total, you know, so. Yep. First half right around 14, 15, 16 range. Yeah, you can it, get 14. Yeah. So, all right. That is old miss. We are making our way through the sec. Three more teams that we're going to be highlighting LSU, Georgia, and Kentucky. Again, guys, the website, therealmistracyout.com or acl-sports.com. We certainly appreciate those five-star reviews. If you have five to ten seconds to throw them up there, leave any comments, good, bad, or indifferent, we welcome all comments. No problem. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back as we make our way through the SEC. And we're back, the ACL pod featuring the one and only Captain Wags at Cap and Wags on Twitter and the gram at the real mystery ACL on Twitter and the gram SEC Wags making our way through the last team we're going to talk, take a look at in the West LSU LSU a couple years removed from a national title they bring in Brian Kelly as their coach interesting team on paper season win total seven there are some six and a halves out there but mostly seven plus one fifteen minus under one thirty five if you want to go under that to win this division. 30 to 1 to win this conference, 70 to 1 national title. I want to get your thoughts on this number, 90 to 1. So again, 70 to 1 to win the conference. 7 and a 7, basically a six and a half win total. And the national title is only 90 to 1. It tells you all you need to know about the strength of this of this conference. If they somehow come out of nowhere, win the conference, get in, they don't want people out there sitting, you know, with 300, 400 to 1 LSU tickets. So there we go. Save your money. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're 70 to 1 or 150 to 1 or whatever. Look, they have they do have the talent. They have a great head coach coming in. Brian yep. Kelly, first-year head coach, um, looking to take LSU where he took Notre Dame over the last few years. Uh, unfortunately for Kelly, you know, I, I see this being a little bit more of a rebuild than a, a reload. They only have 10, 11 uh, returning starters uh, five on five or six on offense come back um, to look to improve on their 80th ranked offense in the nation last year, mm. 12th overall in the SEC. Um, I mean, you're talking about teams like Vanderbilt that they're competing with and, and Mississippi State and, and the like. So, I mean, it's just um, it was not good for them last year. And, and there's a, a lot of room to improve there. So Kelly's going to have to really revamp quickly. Uh, they open up against Florida State and New Orleans, um, but then will be huge favorites in two of the next three games against Southern and New Mexico. Um, but that's as good as it gets. I mean, after that, they have Auburn, Tennessee, at Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, at Arkansas, UAB, and at Texas A&M. And yes, I say UAB as part of this entire group because UAB is a legit team this year. So yep. Um, uh, on defense, things really weren't much better. They were 75th in scoring, uh, giving up over 28 points a game, ranking 112th in turnovers. Yes, they only, I think, caused 13 turnovers last year. Um, so, yeah, I think seven may scratch, you know, you might scratch your head at seven and say, hey, this is LSU. You know, seven seems really low. I mean, the last two years, 
they won five and six respectively. So it's really not that low um, to me. It might even be a touch high. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not too high on them. They also have a very tough schedule, like I mentioned. So um, Brian Kelly is going to have a tough first year, but he'll have to, and, and there's a little bit of a culture, right? You know, Brian sure. Kelly. I mean, that was a big thing. He came came down there. He started talking like he was from the, from the, the Baton Rouge. The accent yeah, was he, amazing. He he was like, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. I mean, it was like. I know you want to fit in. I know you want to make it like, um, you know, be part of the culture, but he went to quite the extreme. I mean, next thing you know, next year he's going to come out talking like Coach O, <laughs> where you won't even be able I, to understand him. I, I would love that. Look, I, I, I'm agreeing with everything you said. I am not on this win total myself yet. I have so much respect for Brian Kelly. He got Notre Dame to, you know, undefeated seasons to the playoff. He just didn't have the talent to compete with the teams that were in the playoff, these SEC teams. Now, guess what? He has the talent. Not this year, but in the coming years, he's certainly going to have the talent there. You mentioned in the last two years, they're just 11 and 12 overall since winning at all. Uh, They do have that week one game versus FSU, but here's the sort of quirk in, in their schedule. They don't leave the state of Louisiana to play a football game until October 1st. Right, that FSU game's in neutral, but it's in New Orleans. Yep. Southern, Mississippi State, New Mexico, all at home. So when you're not leaving the state, basically playing four home games in a row until October one at Auburn, that's a huge advantage. Now it, what's not an advantage is the strength of schedule. I haven't uh, LSU is the number six most difficult strength of schedule in the entire country this year. Obviously very backloaded as we've talked about, but just a very difficult schedule and it's reflected in, in their in their season win total there. Wags, from a, just a quarterback perspective, they bring in Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. I I liked him there. Uh, Miles Brennan's competing for the Q, the uh, QB job as well. He has a slight edge at this point. We'll see which way they wind up going. But <sighs> between the number of guys that they bring back, obviously a first-year coach, there's going to be changes and, and, and all that. They had 74 starts last year lost to injury alone. Uh, they had 30 players leave along with Coach O. So just a lot of guys, you know, dedicated to Coach O didn't necessarily want to play for a, a new coaching regime. So just a lot of turnover for this LSU team, including new quarterbacks who are okay, but not necessarily proven playing in, in the Pac-12. So just a, a tough team. And look, it, it, if you're playing under seven, I'm with you on that. I mean, they, you know, they're going to win eight games to beat you. Right. Where are those eight wins coming from on on this particular schedule? Yep. I mean, look, I mean, you got to go to Tennessee, you got to go to Ole Miss, you got to go to Alabama. I'm sorry. Th- those three are at home. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. But you got to go to Auburn, to Florida, to Arkansas, to A&M. I mean, on top of that, you have to play Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss. I mean, yes, it, it, it's a very difficult schedule. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Jaden Daniels, um, who transfers in. Miles Brennan was going to transfer out. And Kelly got him to stay. So, you know, I'm. What does I'm, that tell you about? Yeah, his, what does well, that tell you about what he thinks about Jaden Daniels? Right. Well, I mean, how did he get Jaden Daniels to come in? Right. So it's like, I think there's going to be, you know, I think one of these guys is gone. Um, well, I guess Brennan's going to be a senior. So, um, yeah, I don't know. They're, 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 here's the thing, and why I think Kelly is going to be successful. There's, I think, one senior on this team and on the on the offense starting on the offense at uh, at guard in Trevon mm-hmm. Shorts. I mean, otherwise he could potentially have everybody coming back. So I, I think that's going to be beneficial for next year. Um, it's just going to be a, a learning year, I think, this year, especially with that schedule. Um, and they have two seniors, I think, or three seniors on defense who, who are going to move on. So, yeah, obviously you never know who's going to jump to the league if, if they're that good. But, um, you know, I think they might want to stay back, especially after maybe this potential rebuild of a year um, where I think if they do win six, seven games, um, you know, it'll be considered a, a not so LSU year. But I think next year you might see that win total jump to eight and a half from seven where it is now. 
I agree with that. I mean, look, they had, as I said, 30 players leave with Coach O, but they brought in 19 guys as far as transfers go. Yep. So, I mean, we're talking a massive amount of team. I mean, it's basically an entirely new team. Right. Of course, they lost Derek Stingley, first-round pick in the NFL draft. They only bring back five returning starters on defense. The defense that allowed just under 35 points a game last year, not very LSU-like, if you will. Uh, and aside from the one game where they beat A&M and sort of played for Coach O, I, I think this team essentially quit last year. I mean, yeah. you could see it. They, the writing was on the wall as far as Coach O leaving, and they just had some games where they absolutely quit. I mean, they had a stretch where they won one game over a seven-week period last year, losing to Auburn, Kentucky, Mississippi, Alabama, and Arkansas, and then they only beat ULM by 13 points. And of course, they won that finale versus A and M as plus six favorites, as plus six dogs by three points. So, it's a ton of turnover here. I think they are getting some respect on this number, quite frankly, because it is LSU and because it is Brian Kelly. But any other team with the sixth most difficult schedule in the country, who had the year like they did last year with the amount of turnover, this totals at six, not at seven. Yeah, I mean, so. they were ranked seventy fifth in defense and seventy sixth in offense last year. Not I mean, good. Not very good. I mean, they're going to have a huge jump um, to to improve on that. So, um, yeah, I mean, good luck to Kelly. I, I think, you know, the, something else just to be mentioned is just a big storyline. I mean, I know we kind of talked about it as far as like Kelly leaving Notre Dame for LSU. Was it the right move? Um, I guess we'll, we'll see. Probably not this year, but in the next year or two. Um, yeah, we'll have to keep a pulse on how Kelly's doing over the next two, three years. Absolutely. Big things ahead for him, though. I do think that he'll get it turned around there in short order, just not necessarily this particular year. All right, moving on, Wags, over to the SEC East. National the def- champion. Defending national champion. Yes. Georgia Bulldogs, incredible year last year for Kirby Smart, bringing home the title. I know it was a team that you were very high on last year yourself. Pretty much, yeah, called that one. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah, preseason well ticket. Preseason future. Yes. Season win total this year, Georgia, 10.5, minus 240 on the over, plus 195 on the under, similar to Alabama, similar to Ohio State. There are 11s out there at reasonable juice if you want to go over 11. To win the division, minus 550. To win the SEC conference, plus 155, right behind Bama. To win the national title, again, 4-1 to one if, you th- if you think they can repeat. That is the prevailing number, but there are definitely some better numbers out there at some certain shops. To make the playoff, this number I found interesting, minus 110 flat. Minus 110 both sides, yes, no, does Georgia make the playoff is the current number out there. Favorite in all 12 games, man. We talked about it with Ohio State. We talked about it with Bama. There's a 10.5 win total out there sitting. There's an 11 win total sitting out there with very little juice, and a team is favored in all 12 games. Georgia Bulldogs, they lose a lot of guys, though. That's my concern. Just three returning starters on that defense that brought, them, that brought the title home last year. Yeah. Uh, again, you, you mentioned they will be favored in every game. Again, I will say they will be double-digit favorites in every game. I believe there True. are about two touchdowns to open up the season against Oregon. Um, maybe at Kentucky will be close to that number. Otherwise, they'll be over two touchdown favorites in every single game, even though they only bring back 10 starters three of those on defense. Um, Yeah. Defending national champions. They had probably one of the best defenses, if not the best defense ever in college football history. They only gave up 10 points a game. Um, They, they only gave up 10 points a game. That is absolutely bananas. Um, They, they beat Clemson to open up the season 10, three, which was like, obviously a a huge, um, kind of stance where they, they took that. I mean, Clemson obviously had a somewhat of a down year, but um, holy moly, 10 points a game is true. I can't say it enough. I keep going back to that, and I'm like, wow, that is insane. Um, they had five guys on defense last year that were taken in the first round. <laughs> I mean, um, that's that's some like old My- University of Miami you know, yeah. 2001 type stats. Nine defensive players taken overall. It's amazing. So they bring back three starters. Nine of them were taken overall. So obviously you got some second stringers in there that are taken in the draft. Um, But they're going to reload, just like we mentioned with Alabama. This is a team who reloads year in and year out. Um, They're not going to be as good as they were last year. It's like almost impossible. If they are, 
yeah, I'll gladly go out and say I was wrong, but um, you know, I don't think it's that much of a, a leap to say that they're not giving, they'll be giving up more than 10 points a game this year. Um, and uh, look, I, you know, I think you see the fact that they're only returning three on defense and you look at the strength of schedule, it goes hand in hand, right? So you, you see, we talked about Auburn and, and Arkansas having, you know, two of the top 10, uh, toughest schedules, you know, both SEC teams for me and, and I, ACL, we talked about this earlier um, and we com- have completely different. And I know I mentioned this ways that we look at strength of schedule, but this is one that we're pretty spot on. I think you mentioned um, you have Georgia at 58 schedule. I have them yep. at 57. So um, pretty spot on. It's not that difficult this year, even with an at a conference game against Oregon. Um, on offense, they return seven. They'll hand the ball back to Stetson Bennett, who had 29 touchdowns and seven picks. Much more underrated a, player. Yeah, very underrated. You know, there was um, some buzz in, in um, you know, in Athens that like maybe he's not the guy. And, and, you know, he is a good game manager. He he has such a good touch on all of his passes, whether, you know, he, he um, you know, throwing the ball uh, to one of his. Um, favorite targets um yeah or, or checking down to the running backs I, I mean yeah brock bowers you know that tight end target number 19 mm-hmm. uh, and that's the name i was i was looking for solid well, yeah, 13 touchdowns yeah one of his favorite targets and so many times he he put such touch and then puts it right on the money right down on like the goal line um right at that pile on um he 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 really is good. Uh, yeah, they they again they they lose a few guys. They lose Zamir White. They lose James Cook. They lost to Jermaine Burton, um, who, who transferred from Georgia out to Alabama. So, um, you know that's kind of a, a bitter taste right there. But they'll reload again, um, and they should be back to the SEC title game against Alabama, um, as this team is, you know, probably not as good as they were last year. Obviously, they're national champs last year. But they're pretty dang good, and I think as that they get more confidence, they should beat Oregon, play Samford at South Carolina, Kent State at Missouri, and then Auburn at home, Vanderbilt at the home before a bye. Like you're going to get some good experience there with some of these young guys um, before they have to go play in Jacksonville against the Gators. From a power ratings perspective, Wags, this team versus last year's team, if they played. Last year's team for me would be minus seven, minus seven and a half. Yep, absolutely. So they're, they're nowhere near as good, but but 58th ranked schedule in the country as far as being most difficult. So while they're definitely not as good, no doubt, they could win 12 games. They could win 11 games and, and win the SEC and win the national title again just because they don't play anybody. It's yeah. one of the most incredible schedules you'll actually see. They avoid Alabama out of the West. They avoid Texas A&M out of the West, that Oregon game week one. Well, guess who the Oregon coaches? It's their former DC. So does, you know, I guess you could argue that he knows a lot about what George is going to do vice versa, but like first game, first game. Yeah. First game. They're minus seven Atlanta and it's a basically a home game. Right. I mean, I, I, I love how in college football, you know, Oregon has the advantage of it not being an at-Georgia game. I mean, please, yeah, come on. go across the country and play well, That's Atlanta. like the LSU game against Florida it's a joke. State, right? You're, you're going to New Orleans <laughs> to play. I mean, come on. Total joke. So you're not going to necessarily see it in the in the wins and losses, but this team is not as good as last year. We mentioned Sensen Bennett. I like him. I think he's better than just a game manager, as some say. If you're throwing for 29 touchdowns and seven picks in the SEC against these defenses, you're more than a game manager. Yes. Uh, as far as home games, so they only play three SEC home games. So that's something to factor in as well. They obviously play Florida in that quote-unquote, I don't think you're allowed to say anymore, you know, cocktail party, Large, whatever the hell. Largest, they, the they, largest cocktail party. Yeah, you can't say that anymore, whatever the hell they, Why? they call it this year. Um, so yeah, they have two quote road or sorry, quote neutral games and they just have the three sec home games, but again, double digit favorites in every single game. Kirby's going to have them ready in the seventh year there. Overall, he's 66 and 15 straight up 47 and 37 beating market expectations ATS as well. So another big year, I think in store for Georgia, just based on who they play. And it is certainly, even though I don't think they're nearly as good as last year, I'm not touching this under. The only way I could look is playing this team over. 
Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, look, your double digit favorites. We talked about it with Ohio State. We talked about it with Alabama. We'll talk about it again now with Georgia. You like you're better off just later on in the season if you think they're they might lose one, just pulling the trigger on a money line here or there. Yep. Um, whether it be Florida in the largest cocktail party, f all these woke folks trying to get get rid of the, the cocktail party. Like, come on. Um, Tennessee, yeah, they, they, that, that's kind of where the, the trap, again, another Tennessee potential trap game, but um, they have to play back-to-back against Florida in Jacksonville, and then they come back home against Tennessee. So, you know, two tough games. Then they got to go to Mississippi and Kentucky before they get Georgia Tech, Mississippi State. The I just don't see them having that big of a letdown here. Um, a lot of the teams that they play don't have – like the most potent offenses where that defense is going to really get challenged. Um, yeah. Maybe the third game of the season at South Carolina with your boy, Spencer Rattler. Um, Could be. Can, can he do something there? It, it'll be interesting, but um, I just really like how this schedule or lack thereof for an sec team um, works for them uh, to get back to that sec title game. Spencer Rattler this time last year, Wags was the Heisman trophy favorite. Oh, wow. It's crazy. Yeah, him, and then Sam Howell was up there, too. So Yes, he was. <laughs> All right, last team we're going to quickly look at here is Kentucky before we do a quick hit on any other teams and then give you all a free play. Kentucky season one total, eight, plus 100, minus 120 if you want to go under. To win this division, 12 to 1. SEC winners, 55 to 1. National title winners, 120 to 1. I like this team. I love what Mark Stoops has done there. He's coming up on his 10th year here, 57 and 53 overall. Not the best record, but as of late, 10 wins last year. Then they had the COVID year where he only won five. But the prior two years before that, eight wins, 10 wins. And the year before that, seven. So starting to see that consistency from this Kentucky team, whereas in years past, they were in that three, four, five year or five game, uh, you know, winning, winning area. Now we're, Clearly in that seven, eight, nine, if you have a good year, 10, maybe even 11 one year. But um, this is a team that I like. There are some aspects that I don't love as far as sort of uh, close wins last year, but they were minus 11 in turnovers last year, which should certainly improve. So we'll see about this Kentucky team. But as of the win total now, it's one that I'm considering making a play on. The schedule is not the easiest in the world. What are your thoughts on Kentucky, Wex? Yeah, look, I know there's a lot of Kentucky followers and listeners out there, and I think last year I, you know, gave their offensive line some crap. I, I had some, uh, I would say, misinformation. Maybe I didn't do all my research and, and understand that they had a stud transfer coming in from LSU. Um, but that said, Kentucky was great to us last year, especially early on. They went ten and three, top twenty-five team um, in both offense and defensive scoring, which is. You typically see that with Kentucky on on defense, mm-hmm. um, maybe not so much on offense, um, but they had such a good offensive line last year. Their running back, uh, Christopher Rodriguez, who ran for almost 1,400 yards, um, will be back again. Yes, they do have some guys that, that leave that offensive line, so that's going to be an interesting um, thing. Like, how, how good uh, can they, you know, how close can they get to where they were last year. I think that's why Christopher Rodriguez was so good. So I do see some regression in his future. He's a stud though. So don't get me wrong. Um, They also bring back their quarterback, Will Levis. So I like um, him. Yeah. He's really good. He's smart. He's, he's smart with the ball. He throws, you know, 66% throwing last year. He did have 13 picks, um, which is probably why you saw, such a discrepancy in um, turnovers. You you expect him to get a little bit better this year. Um, but here's the thing. They lose pretty much their entire receiving core. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, Kentucky's not notoriously the best recruiting, um, you know, SEC football team or football team in college football because, you know, the. and again, I, uh, <laughs> I think Stoops will – come on the, you know, if he hears the show and come after me, but you know, this isn't basketball. Um, it wouldn't yeah, be the first time somebody did that. Yeah. Well, Kalapari just said it um, 
recently. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and they only bring back five on 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 defense. You know, the last few years Kentucky has reloaded on defense, so um, we'll see how how that goes. Uh, they're they'll be very good up front. They usually are, but they do lose Joshua Pascal, so um, who who was a great great uh, guy up front. I expect them to have a little bit more of the same, um, you know, disruption for other offenses on, you know, up front. Um, but there will definitely be some regression here uh, from this team. I don't believe they will get back to a 10 win season. Um, the number at eight is pretty fair. And um, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of my take on Kentucky. So it's, how's that offensive line going to do? How are the receivers going to step up? And how far will that defense fall? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the wide receivers. That's a red flag for me. They yeah. lose three O linemen. That's a red flag for me. Ton of hype. You mentioned Will Levis. He threw for over twenty eight hundred yards last year. Should have a really good year. So one of those kind of dark horse Heisman's that people are taking a, a, a shot on. As far as their win total, I mean, look, three of their first four games: Miami of Ohio, where they're minus twenty, Youngstown State, and Northern Illinois. That's three wins right there at Florida. Sort of a toss up game. They'll they'll probably be dogs in that game. Um, they bring in a very solid slot receiver from Virginia Tech that transfers in, but they do bring in a new OC. Uh, Rick Scared, I'm going to butcher this name, Scangarello uh, from the NFL, former 49ers QB coach and the OC for the Broncos. So always a kind of a, say concern, but just a red flag, something that I make a, a note of whenever a team with a solid quarterback like Levis brings in a, a new OC. And they have sixty percent new O line, and they're bringing in new receivers. You know, is it possible for them to replicate what they did in the years past? Sure. Do I think it's going to happen? No. So then I look at the schedule, somewhat manageable schedule, thirty fifth in the entire country. So it's very difficult games. Obviously, Florida, Old Miss, Tennessee, Georgia. But um, look, if you're playing this win total, they got to win nine games to beat you. So I'll just yep. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, so. here, here's um, an interesting stat. They are ten and zero in their last um, ten. Or, sorry, the Kentucky over is ten and zero in their last ten non-conference home games. They have mm-hmm. four of those this year. Um, so keep an eye on that. In November, however, latter end of the season, typically when their schedule is a little bit tougher, they're twelve and twenty six against the spread. So. Uh, good nuggets. Yeah, good nuggets oh, yeah. of information. Uh, they have Vanderbilt at home, Georgia at home, Louisville at home in November. That is the Kentucky Wildcats. Before we get to the free play, be sure, guys, the futures package is up. Includes every single season win total and futures that Wags and I make, both college and the NFL. You can buy it separately, or it's included for free with any season-long NFL or college football package purchase wags before we get to the free play any sort of quick hits thoughts on any of these other teams that we didn't necessarily do a deep dive on in the sec here yeah look there's obviously a ton of pretty good football teams in the sec it is the sec um i like tennessee this year they do have a top you know 30 toughest schedule which might cause for cause some uh you know concern i guess you know the, the second game of the season, they're at Pittsburgh, who's supposed to be pretty good this year. That'll be a big test for both teams. Um, if they do get past that and they can beat Florida at home, they'll likely start off 4-0 and before a bye, before going on the road to LSU and then coming back home for Alabama. So, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting start to Tennessee's year, but I do like them. Uh, and I mentioned Arkansas and Auburn, on you know, a couple times throughout the show. Like really like both of these teams really on paper. think they're very good teams. They just have both have top 10 tough schedules, which is why, again, they're, you know, not really being showcased here today, um, in my opinion. Um, and then the Gators, obviously, um, I am not a big fan of them just because I am a huge Miami fan and there's a huge rivalry there. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to watch them and see how Billy Napier can do in his first year. Um, they have a top 20 toughest schedule, so they have to open up against Utah, 
and Kentucky and South Florida at Tennessee. So those first three games are at home. Utah, very, very good this year. That Great is game. going to be a very, very good game and mm-hmm. interesting game to watch, especially as Napier takes on his, um, you know, basically his, his first game ever as a Florida Gator head coach. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, before we get into that free play, anything from you, uh, ACL? Yep. Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah. Wags, their season win total, you can find it out there. Is, there's a bunch of twos and there's a bunch of two and a halves. A couple books have it at two, around minus 110, minus 120 in that range. Let me just say this. Week one, week zero, they're at Hawaii. The line is currently minus seven. Vanderbilt minus seven at Hawaii. Week two, they play Elon. They're going to be double-digit favorites versus Elon. Week three, they're home against Wake Forest, potentially without Sam Hartman. Without Sam Hartman. Week four at Northern Illinois. Yes. So, look, will they make the card? I haven't made a play yet, but I want to wait on a couple things with that Hawaii game. I think that could be the make or break for this year because they could easily win those games and lose every single other game on their schedule. In fact, they probably will lose the last seven or eight games. So this is one that you'll probably know if you're going to win or lose it within the first month, honestly, which those those are fun. So just want to point that out. Don't necessarily just take a look at every top team in a, in a conference and say, oh, I got, you know, there's a lot of value potentially on some of these other teams down the board as well. Yeah, so. a couple of nuggets there. Clark Leia is going to be in his second year as a head coach. So he already has, he got that first year under his belt. Yes, they were two and 10, but guess what? He returned seven on offense and seven on defense. He was, if you don't know, um, the ex Notre Dame defensive coordinator. So three years ago, that's where he was. Um, he's a very good coach. Um, they're doing some things in Vanderbilt. Um, you know, I have some connections there, legit. Um, and you know, I like the direction of that program. So um, ACL, that's a good call out with Vanderbilt. Um, if you can get him at two at one ten, especially with those first four games, I mean, you're probably pushing at worst on two. Right. Is, is what I'm saying, right? If they lose to Elon, then you're obviously going to lose the bet. But if they if they beat Elon, then that's one. Can they win one of these other games? Of course, they're favored in the first game. By a touchdown. So. By a touchdown. By a touchdown. And touchdown. again, Not te- teams do go out west and, and struggle on the road. But sure. I, I expect Clark Leia to Why have is this. Down. Yeah, I, I, exactly. And I expect this team to, to get up for that game. It's not like... They're cocky coming in. It's Vanderbilt. I mean, they're they're going to be you know they're smart kids. They're going to have their head on straight. They play assignment football at least try to, and usually they get they just get out athleted. And Hawaii, I'm not sure if they have the athletes this year. So um, I agree with the two, and that's not even our free play. And you can pretty much guess where we both lean on that. All right, free play time. SEC win total. We are going to the SEC West. It's a team we talked about a little bit earlier in the pod. Wags and I got together. This is a consensus play from both of us. The lane train, baby. Under eight wins for Ole Miss. Readily available. Minus 110 in the market. Ole Miss under eight. We talked a lot about the reasons why earlier on. Plus nine in turnovers last season. That number is going to drop. Yes. Will they go three and zero? Probably. Could they go four and zero? Maybe. Could they go five and zero? Potentially. Could they go and then you're sitting there saying, "Oh my God, they're five and zero. I got an eight ticket." But then it gets really, really, really tough, guys. Yep. It gets tough. Auburn, LSU, A and M, Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi State, all in a row. Again, for this team to beat you, I, I would not play this at seven and a half. I, I want to be very clear. That yes. half game in these college markets where there's only twelve is massive. So you want to get under eight. If you push, you push. But I really think it's much, much, much more likely that they go seven and five versus nine and three. Yeah, and I, I agree completely. Obviously, consensus free play here. Um, you know, I just don't trust the transfers gelling together very well, and I think because of that on offense, there the defense is going to be on the field a lot more, and you're going to see regression, especially in that. Oh, we they only gave up 24 points a game last year. Well, they lost a defensive coordinator, and they're going to be on the field a little bit more, um, and, and you'll see some regression on both sides of the ball. And because of that, we're going to take that under eight. Make sure it's eight. If you see seven and a half, and seven and a half is the only number you can get, stay away. 
there are eights out there at minus 110. I mean, it's not like mm-hmm. this is a far-fetched, oh, there are only – no, there are plenty of eights out there. You can go on win bet right now and get it um, at minus 110. So, hey, I think I – you know, right before it was minus 110, it was minus 105. So Yeah, it's moved um, a bit. It has yep. moved a little. Make sure you get that eight. Absolutely. Um, but, again, just know – they're probably going to be three and zero to start in September, and they might even go four and zero, five and zero. But the schedule is backloaded, and I think I would—I speak for Wags. None of us are particularly fond of Jackson Dart, and it's just such a massive downgraded quarterback when you go from Corral to Dart, along with all the other kind of moving parts that that they have going on, um, the turnover luck that they had last year as well. And again, eight and four is a push. Get your money back, okay? But to to actually lose this bet, which is always what you kind of got, you know, have to look at nine and three, uh, I think would be a stretch. It'd be a, a huge, huge year for this team based on all those various factors. So old miss under eight minus minus one ten. the sec pod free play wags. Good podcast. We're going to be back next week guys with the big 12. And of course the pack 12. And then we begin our NFL pods as well. The website, therealmistracl.com or acl-sports.com. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at therealmistracl at Cap and Wags. And if you have a few minutes, a few seconds, we really do appreciate those five-star reviews in the pod. We very much appreciate them. Anything else, Wags, from your end before we get out of here? Nope. One little bit of nugget of information, I guess. Team Futures, three of the top five teams coming out of the SEC Bama plus one seventy five, Georgia four to one, Texas A and M twenty five to one. Um, uh, uh, the other two teams, Ohio State again plus three hundred or three to one, and Clemson at ten to one. So, um, just a little, little nugget there. SEC going to be very good, especially at the top, and uh, will be an interesting season there. Definitely will be. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week with. The Big 12 for WAGs. I'm ACL. Talk to you then.